Today, we have another listener-recorded story for you all. This one is from Ali Mahoney, who is in South Wales in the UK. She's sharing an excerpt from her book, Two Wheels to Chamonix, which is about a 767-mile ride she completed from her home to her sister's home in Chamonix, France. That's coming up after this intro. You're listening to the Femme Cyclist Podcast, and I'm your host, Kristen Bonkowski. Like most of you, I'm a bicycle-obsessed rider and sometimes racer. Each week, I'll bring you interviews from inspiring women and offer tips and tricks to help you thrive on the bike. At FemCyclist, we celebrate all forms of riding and all forms of women. So whether you're a road racer, bike commuter, or hardcore shredder, you'll find your community here. Hello, everyone on the FemCyclist podcast. I'm delighted to be invited to speak to you today. Uh, My name is Ali Mahoney and I'm in South Wales in the UK. And um, I thought I'd speak to you about my cycling adventure, which I'm actually in the anniversary of it now. So five years ago at this time in May, um, I'd set off on a very old Alpine Stars mountain bike to see if I could get from my home in South Wales to my sister's home in the French Alps. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the journey and I ended up writing a book about it which I'll read an excerpt from just to give you a bit of a a taste of what I was experiencing. So this journey was like nothing else I'd ever ever done before. Um, I played sport most of my life, I played hockey and football and I got to the point where I had to retire through you know old joints and old injuries. I wasn't able to compete anymore so this was in my late four, no, sorry, early 40s, where I was realising that I'd have to give up sport. And my attention turned to other things then. Um, had a bit of an issue with what I was going to be able to do next in terms of doing a sport or doing something which still gave me the same buzz as team sport. So I don't know how it happened, um, but I was inspired to come up with the idea of a long-distance cycling journey. Um and having gone to a a women's adventure expo in Bristol, that kind of sowed the seed even more, having listened to lots of other different women talk about their adventures. And it made me think, hmm, what if? I wonder if I could do something like that. And on that day, I vividly remember coming up with the idea, and I thought it was silly at the time, of cycling from my house to my sister's house. But that idea stuck with me like a little seed. It grew into something and not to give too much away, but I started to secretly plan this adventure, not telling my partner, Amy, about anything until I recognised that I may be able to do it. Not that I had the physical fitness to do it or the right bike to do it, but that I had the desire and the dream to do it. So I started to put the wheels in motion, excuse the pun, um, to be able to to plan and sort the logistics and take the time off work to be able to make this journey happen. So just to give you a bit of perspective, um, so my home in South Wales to my sister's house in Chamonix would involve cycling from my house um, uh, east along some cycle routes into England and then all the way over to the southeast coast of England where I would catch a ferry over to France onto the northern coast at Dieppe, cycle through to Paris, where I'd planned to play a football tournament, my last competitive football tournament, 
with my teammates who were also traveling over for a European competition. So play football for two days and then carry on south, kind of southeast through central France and down towards Chamonix in the French Alps. Like I said, I'd never ever done anything like this before and in the lead up to planning for the trip, you know, not everything went to plan. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really prepare very well. I did as much physical training as I could, um, but it certainly wasn't enough. So I'd love to fast forward to day one and read you a little bit from my book. And then perhaps you might like to read the rest of it for yourself to see how the trip unfolded. But it really is the book and the adventure really showed me what could be achieved if you had a dream and just wanted to go ahead and try something that you've never done before. So here we go. Chapter three of my book, Le Grand Depart, cycling day one, route, Pontypridd in Wales to Bath in England. Expected mileage, 66. Actual mileage, 78. The highlight, survival. The low light, falling into a hedge. Seven months after attending the Women's Venture Expo, I'd reached a point that I had vividly imagined so many times and in so many different ways. I was actually at the start line of my crazy little bike adventure. It was 7am and time for a few final worries, thinking about what I might have forgotten to pack or do. But this was it now, time to go. Unfortunately, the weather didn't match my excited mood. As I opened the door to check what was happening outside, I saw dark grey skies looming over the South Wales valleys. There was a hint of rain in the air and the weather forecast wasn't looking too good either. To err on the side of caution, I wore my full waterproof kit. Stepping out of the door and jostling my pannier-laden bike down the steep drive signified crossing the start line. Game on. It felt like such a momentous occasion. Amy and Dizzy, our border collie, were there to wave me off to battle. And even at this early stage, I was looking forward to being reunited with them in a few days' time. Craning one leg over my bike frame, I posed for a quick photo and felt a huge sense of calmness and control wash over me. I felt ready. I'm just going for a ride, I thought to myself. I couldn't think of a better way to start a Monday, being sat on my bike with no idea of what lay ahead of me. As I pedalled away from the house, I was already very aware that I was now on my own. At the end of our street, I turned to give Amy a final wave, and then I was officially cycling to Chamonix. The first few miles were easy going and familiar. I ambled through my local park and onto the National Cycle Route 8, heading south. The first challenge I faced was arriving at the pedestrian crossing where I had fallen off my new pedals during a training ride. For this journey, I had invested in a pair of clipping pedals and shoes with cleats so that I could get more power out of my pedal revolutions. One side of the pedals were flat and the other had the clipping option. That meant I didn't have to be clipped in the whole time. Clipping in was easy, just press the sole of your foot over the clip and press down. When you hear a satisfying clunk, you know you're attached to your bike. Unclipping was also simple. Flick your heel outwards and hey presto, you've got your leg back. The only downside to having this setup on my bike was that if my brain didn't speak to my legs in time, I stayed clipped in and keeled over. That happened to me a couple of months back on the same stretch of road as I was on now. As I rolled up to the crossing and slowed down to press the button, I realised far too late that I hadn't unclipped. With both hands still on my handlebars and both feet still clipped in, I keeled over to my left and fell unceremoniously onto a grass bank. 
I was grateful for the soft landing, but it happened right in front of a young guy who was waiting to cross the road, as these things always do. You okay, love? he asked with a big smile on his face. No doubt he was trying to hold back from laughing, but I could also see concern in his eyes. Yes, thank you. Just my pride dented, I said, as I awkwardly tried to unclip from the bike whilst it was tangled up in my legs. That experience taught me to be more alert when slowing down, to try and avoid a repeat of the same mistake. I tried to remind myself to release my shoes early by voicing in my head, unclip, unclip, unclip. On this occasion it worked, and I crossed the busy road without incident. It was time to head east towards Caerphilly, a town famed for its medieval castle, built on fortified banks, complete with moat. National Cycle Route 4 is just as iconic as Route 8, the Lonlas Cymru. It begins at Fishguard in West Wales and reaches central London over 400 miles later. My cycling pace towards and beyond Caerphilly was somewhat pedestrian. I resisted the urge to press on at speed. More toy-toys, less hair, described my approach for the early miles. I had a long way to go and didn't want to scupper my chances by exhausting myself on day one. By my rough calculations, I expected to reach Bath after 60-ish miles. Thinking back to my mileage rationale confidence boosting trick, then that was only three lots of 20 miles at a time. Breaking down the day into these micro goals helped me to feel better about what lay ahead. I'll skip forward here to getting closer to uh, to Bath and crossing over into England. So I had a little stop off at Newport for some lunch and then carried on. By my calculations, the next pit stop at 40 miles would be at or near the Severn Bridge. Getting there from Newport took a monumental effort up and down some hilly roads, causing my average speed to slump to a crawling pace. At times I thought I was rolling backwards. It's a marathon, not a sprint, I reminded myself. I caught a glimpse of the seven bridge towers poking up from behind some trees in the distance. Turning right at a roundabout, I could see the road stretch out in front of me and a decreasing gradient. Coasting downhill was a welcome feeling and gave my tired legs a rest. Five minutes later, I sped onto the bridge with a renewed energy and enthusiasm. Halfway across, I found a place to stop for some water and a bite to eat. Right above my resting place was a bright red sign painted on the white metalwork which said in big letters, Slow, 10 miles an hour, sound horn. I found this quite ironic given that 10 miles an hour was probably my average speed up to now. As I sat with my back to the motorway traffic, I cast my eyes over the wide estuary with its murky tidal water rushing beneath me. To my left was South Wales, and to my right was the southwest of England, just under a mile away. My legs were feeling the effort of the first 40 miles, but there were only another 20 to go, or were there. Crossing the bridge signified crossing into another country. I paused to take a photo of the sign that welcomed me to England, and bumbled off toward Bristol. I was now on roads that I had never cycled before, or driven on before, so spotting the bright blue cycling signpost was essential. I was still in good spirits and feeling confident in myself. As I navigated through country lanes, the heavens opened and rain began to fall. The road I was on began to climb, and then all of a sudden it became unexpectedly steep and caught me off guard. I fumbled with my gears, rapidly trying to change into a more helpful cog, but it was too late. I slowed down so much that I stopped. You guessed it, I was still clipped in. I swore it at the exact point that I keeled over to into my left into an overgrown bush. Unclipping from both pedals and extracting myself from the shrubbery, including thorns, I was grateful that no one was around to share my humiliation. Thankfully, Bristol was easy to find, which wasn't surprising, given how the city had embraced cycling as a pursuit for both recreation and commuting. It was well into the late afternoon when I arrived, and I was mindful of time for my onward journey to Bath. 
Given my experience of cycling out of Newport the wrong way, I headed to the Tourist Information Centre for some advice. The staff behind the counter armed me with various cycling maps and handy verbal directions. Maps. Who'd have thought I'd need a map, eh? I was keen to reach Bath as soon as possible so that I could get clean, eat and more importantly, rest and sleep. Even with maps and guidance, getting out of Bristol was tricky. I kept my eyes peeled for the little blue Route 4 signs and spotted one. What a relief. Tiredness had crept up on me throughout the day and now I was feeling pretty exhausted. I began to think about day two, even though I hadn't even finished day one. The gravity of what I wanted to achieve hit me like a brick and I wondered how on earth I was going to keep this effort up for another four days to get to Paris. The mental and physical strain was already pulling up my mind and up my muscles. Back in the present, I found my way onto the Bristol Bath railway path and was treated to an incredible 13 miles of wonderful traffic-free tarmac. Bicycle commuters skipped past me at all sorts of supersonic speeds in comparison to my lumbering pace. I was quite jealous of their energy but reminded myself that they probably hadn't just cycled from South Wales. The weather by this time was wet, very wet, and I needed an emergency wee. Luckily, I spotted a large supermarket off to my left, so I dived off to use their facilities. This was the first time I had to leave my bike locked up, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. The thought of having my bike nicked or my panniers ransacked made me pee a lot quicker. In the loo, I took a moment to look in the mirror and was shocked at the face staring back at me. Drowned, exhausted and filthy was a good description of my appearance. This is what adventurers look like, I eagerly tried to convince myself. I trudged out of the supermarket, feeling a bit sorry for myself. Thankfully, my bike was still there, so I hopped back on and pointed east. Eventually, the familiar honey-coloured buildings of Bath finally came into view. I'll leave it there, and I really hope you enjoyed that little taste of day one of my what turned out to be 11 and a half day epic adventure to Chamonix. I hope that you might like to find out more and you can do so by following the links on the podcast uh, to where the book is, both in paperback and ebook. And I just wanted to say and to encourage anyone listening that you can do amazing things in life if you just have the desire and the will to do them. You don't necessarily need all the right gear the best bike and the best training it's amazing what you can achieve if you just set your mind to it so thank you for listening it'd be great if you've enjoyed what you've heard reach out to me and say hello I'd love to connect with fellow cyclists that's it for now bye if you enjoyed that make sure to pick up a copy of ali's book two wheels to chamonix i've got the link in the show notes and speaking of links in the show notes you'll also find one for terry bicycles who is a partner of Femme Cyclist. If you're shopping for a new saddle or a new pair of bike shorts or a cute new jersey, make sure to find and click the link in the show notes. That's an affiliate link, and if you end up buying anything through it, you're helping support this show. I sincerely appreciate all of you listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, and until then, happy riding.